Hello and welcome to Gaming the Podcast. My name is John Robertson and I'll be joined shortly by Stace Harmon. And this week we're talking Neon White, a speedrunning platformer come first person shooter from Annapurna Interactive and Angel Matrix. We'll be talking what makes the game tick, where its qualities lie, and how both Stace and I have responded to it thus far. Now be warned that there are some very minor spoilers for some of the narrative, but there's nothing that's going to give away any key plot points or incidents. Here's a clip to get us started. We're called Neons, sinners plucked from hell to do God's dirty work. But I'm finding it hard to believe we're in heaven. Okay, so we've both been playing Neon Way, and something that I've noticed in reviews and in you know people just talking about the game, discussing the game now that it's out, people have um, people have played it is they describe themselves as being addicted to the game you know that one more turn one more yeah. try one more level one more attempt whatever um is that something you've experienced something how is that how is that one of the terms you one of the sensations well, you would describe your i was up until 2 a.m this morning playing it so <laughs> yes absolutely Did you start at 1 30 <laughs> i actually did start quite late uh because the and the reason for that was because the other thing i was playing was grindstone also on on switch um i'm addicted to that as well yeah it's it's a term that i i'm not particularly keen on you know i i tend to only try to use that term when it's literal you know when you can be addicted to addictive or addicting substances um but i do i understand it and it's shorthand for you know for a, a whole bunch of feelings and a a process that you go through and so in the in the sort of colloquial way of using that word yes i would say that i am addicted to it um not just in the in the one more turn thing one more level thing but in the almost on a the sort of a micro level of doing a level for the first time and then almost immediately doing it again it's off unless i get like a gold uh, it goes bronze, silver, gold, and then ace, which is like a platinum kind of trophy. Unless I get a gold on the first attempt, which sometimes happens, I am immediately doing that level again. Um, and so there is this, and I'm also doing it, I'm, I don't think I've stopped like halfway through a, a mission. So it's, you know, however many mm. individual levels might make up that mission. Typically, I think 10, but there are some that are shorter that I've seen. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I'm also doing all of that complete mission. It's, I'm not like stopping in the middle. So it's, there's like... Yeah, that on different levels, I am I am kind of going on these little mini loops, um, and yeah, and then once I get back to like the Heaven HQ, I'm then kind of tidying up everything that's there, and maybe going back and doing finding some gifts for some people. So yes, I can definitely see why uh, why that word is being banded around quite a lot. It is I do find it quite um, yeah quite addictive. Uh, that's and it's not you know it's quite unusual i think elden ring was probably the last game in a very different way that i would kind of lose track of time or just be like, oh, i know that i should stop now but i just want to do this one last thing which then turns into several other things um yeah and it's quite nice it can't well, it can be nice it can also be detrimental to your health but it's uh it can be to, nice to kind of be that immersed in a game it doesn't doesn't happen that often you know so it's uh like when i'm doing it that's all i'm really thinking about so um yeah so it's that's definitely been my experience so far um i'm about i don't know two-thirds of the way through halfway through two-thirds of the way through the game 
Um, yeah. You're a bit further on, aren't you? Is that? I mean, how does that does that feed into your experience, particularly as I imagine, or I presume, the levels get harder or more complex or more or longer? Even the levels. Uh, I mean, the levels. There's more going on in levels as you as you progress through the game. I I, I hesitate to say that they're necessarily more complex. Like you are. You are doing more things in them in order mm. to reach the end. But it's kind of like you're just you're stacking elements on top of each other that you already know. So it's mm-hmm. not like yes, there are sometimes you're working out how to do a certain bit within the limitations that they give you. So, you know, you get a card. Um, how many bullets can I shoot before it's wasted mm-hmm. because I need to be really precise because I need to use that card's platforming ability on the next bit so I won't get another card before that. Mm. Um, so it becomes, you need to be more precise as you go on for that reason. But I don't know if I would say more complex, only in that, well, no, it is more complex. You are doing more things. You've got to do more things in a smaller amount of time. But I don't think it's more complex in terms of like working out what you've got to do. I think you always yeah. know what you've got to yeah. do. And then it's just about executing on that. So the complexity comes from that side rather than a complex complexity as in like, I, I need to figure out something. Yeah, so it's not, it's not complicated. It's not what you're having to do isn't complicated, but it's complex in that there are more moving parts. It's kind of, I guess, maybe like depth versus complexity. I yeah, guess it's and, not, yeah. And like it is, I mean, that sounds like, that sounds like it's doing the game a disservice and I agree that it probably is doing a game a disservice to, to describe it like that because it's not that, it's not that it lacks complexity, and sometimes you are figuring out what to do, but you're, you're, it's not, you know, it's figuring out, uh, well, it's, it's like I said, like, how do I, I've got four, four shots with this before I need to use it to boost jump or whatever, and then I've got X number of shots with this, X number of shots with this, I need to move in this certain pattern after killing this person, this demon, in order to get this thing. So you are working it out on on that level and that obviously becomes more or less pressing depending on whether your like what your goal is like is your goal just to get through the mm. level is mm. it just to get gold is it get to get ace that becomes you at first like so at first i was playing the game and i wouldn't move past a mission until i got all ace and all gifts on all levels right <laughs> so I just keep going back to them and do them again and again and again and again. Like that got harder, obviously, as you move through the game. So I've stopped doing that because progress was so slow. Um, so then I went for a period of just racing through the whole game and doing as little as possible and just taking whatever my first score was, unless I was like 0.1 seconds away from the next person. Mm. It's like, okay, mm. I'll go in and do another, another run and, and, and take that off and then move on. But you can't play like that either throughout the whole game because at a certain point your rank isn't high enough to move yeah. on to the next mission set. So you need to go back and do it. Although that didn't happen for me until quite a long time into the game. But I think that's because yeah, I I'm spent so long in the early ones inside it. Yeah, yeah that yeah. I had built up loads of ranks before. Yeah, because your your ranking goes up when you get a gold or an ace medal. If you get a silver or a bronze, then it doesn't go up, but you can still progress, which is one of the I think one of the many clever things there's a couple of things along that that 
that progression system that I think work really, really well. And that is one of them that you can, you just need to complete the level and you'll get a bronze medal and you can move on. If you need to get it a gold or an ace in order to um, increase your rank. And I think, which I think is great. So you don't get stuck. You know, there's sometimes when you're trying to work out what you're trying to do and, and how to actually, it's not often, but sometimes you have to work out you need to juggle the cards rather than just use them as they're given to you. In the early levels, it's very much your, it's almost, and it, it's, this is going to sound disparaging and it isn't meant to at all, but it's in the early levels, I came to view it slight, somewhat as like a QTE, a procession of QTEs, because you're given the tools that you need and you're given a very clear path. The level design is completely uh, kind of on point in that you're not you're not casting around looking at where to go, which they then utilize later on to a great um, extent, because when you're looking for the gifts, like that's when you have to stop and look around a level and actually Mm. actually like appreciate all the different paths. And also when you're like trying to get the fast, you know, the very fastest time that you can, you start cutting corners and, and all the rest of it. But the, the point to point level design in terms of how you move through that, the the progress you move, how you move through that um, level is very tightly designed, I think um so yeah you can progress whenever you want you just need to complete the level which isn't typically a difficult thing to do it's, it is that thing again there's the challenge comes from doing it quickly rather than doing it at all um which i think is again sensible so you're not kind of just getting stuck and frustrated and throwing it down um and then the final th- sort of little thing that completes that for me is that and it's a small thing, but it's important to me is that you don't see what you need. You don't see the time that you need for any of the medals when you first try a level. And I think that's a really clever, really smart design choice because you go into that level, not with a pre kind of existing notion of a pace that you need to be setting. You just go into it and you play it. You play what's in front of you, you know, like it's what's there is, is all that matters. And you know it's against the clock, obviously. Um, but it's not until you've done that, you've set that first time, that you then get to see what times you need to get in order to get the other medals. Which I think that's when it kind of that for me it refocuses my attention. It's like okay, so I got you know I got silver or whatever, and then it's like well okay, so what do I want to move on here or do I, like how far off? Like you say, like how far off am I from from gold or ace? Um, and I've also taken to like playing a little game where I will guess what if i get a silver medal i will guess what i think the gold time before the leaderboard before it comes up to show you i'll guess what i think gold is going to be uh based on how it felt and how like much time i think i could shave off it relatively easily um and that's been pretty i've been pretty accurate on that so it again it feels just very everything feels very tightly designed um and it everything everything works which is sounds like not a big deal but in this kind of game that is very much about speed and precision uh that is uh, is a big deal if it was frustrating if certain things just were a bit janky then it would be really irritating um yeah well i think that's why part i think that's part of the reason why the game is so compulsive like the fact that it's easy to to know um how far are you off from a certain time i think it's easy to know that because it's obvious in levels where you're losing time like it's absolutely clear and obvious every single time you lose time like the first time you're in a level you know that you're losing time Mm. on that bit um because the design is so clear the enemy placement is so clear the what you can do with each weapon 
is so obvious and like what platforming thing you can get away with with each level with each tool with each gun with each boost whatever you want to call those cards with each card um it's so obvious where you're where you're making mistakes and i think that's it's addictive and but in a way that is encouraging and aspirational rather than addictive in a way it's like oh it's annoying it's lacking this tiny you know it's that what do you call that the the bliss point like doritos um like lots of soft drinks and certain food snacks you have this concept called the bliss point where if you have a 10 out of 10 flavor then they only want a nine out of 10 because 10 out of 10 is satisfying and nine out of Mm. 10 isn't so they make the they make their snacks purposefully just below the bliss point so you eat more you're constantly um, striving for it. There's yes. a reason you can't stop once you've popped, and that's the reason. Yeah, exactly. So um, a lot of games kind of do sometimes feel like that, and a lot of like sort of the worst engagement mechanics are exactly that. Um, but this game doesn't, doesn't do that. When you're, you're just away from that bliss point, but you know exactly how to achieve the bliss point every, like within one or two, right? like normally one, mm. of mm. doing... Um, of doing each level and i think this is why this is what i mean by like the game is both is both more complex when you move through the levels and also no just equally as complex because the game is constantly teaching you and constantly pushing new stuff on you and those early levels yeah you are kind of guided um and then a lot of the early levels for each mission you're you're in the in the 10 level missions um you are guided um, but the real tests are at the end of those levels. And I think, yeah, you don't feel overwhelmed or lacking the ability to, like, as, as complexity rank, wraps up, ranks up, your, um, your understanding as to how to immediately overcome that complexity also ramps up at, like, an even, mm-hmm. even level. So you're constantly just that. It feels like, you know, so even in the most complex things, when you fail at them, you know exactly why you failed. You know exactly yeah. how to solve that yeah. problem. I think the game feels kind of, it feels collaborative in that sense to me, rather than rather than deliberately testing, rather than finding the sweet spot of of steady skill progression and then pushing it just beyond that from a design point of view, pushing it just beyond that in order to make it hard or to give it longevity or to, oh, well, we can't have you achieve this thing the first time. You you have to feel like you've practiced it in order to feel like you've earned progress, which I think can be artificially inf- uh, inflated or included sometimes in game or quite often in games. This feels more collaborative. It feels like It feels like the game saying... Yeah, I mean, you know why you didn't get a gold medal there, don't you? And it's, yeah, yeah, I do. I can see exactly where I'd lost time there. I can see exactly. And I think it's it's also, there's a, a trust element for me in the game, in the design, because I can look at that. I can get a gold medal. I can see that an ace medal is like another four seconds off the gold medal time that I may have only just squeaked in under. But I trust that it's, it's like, yeah, I mean, I could. I could do that. I trust that I can do it without without hours of repetition and like, oh, the, it's only the best of the best that are going to be able to ever achieve that. And I trust it because the mechanics are so tight. The control system, which it's worth mentioning, I'm playing on Switch and I'm playing with the gyroscope controls, which I have never actively chosen to do on any Switch game. I've like played around with it, Mario Odyssey and, and that kind of thing, the first party games particularly. Played around with it to see how it works. 
but it's never been my preferred way of playing. But in Neon mm. White, it is. It is absolutely. And I mean, that you can, you know, if we were being kind of disparaging about the Switch controllers, we could say, well, the uh, the analog sticks aren't exactly the best. But nonetheless, even I think regardless of that, it feels, it, it also there's a tactile element to playing with the gyroscope because you are, it's very much like when you play VR, it's like you are, it's a one-to-one motion thing. You're you're moving around, you're firing a gun. Um, I'm not doing cartwheels and somersaults around my living room, but you know, some of it is one-to-one motion. Mm. So, and, and even so I still trust that the controls work. Um, I sometimes get slightly on the most complex levels or the longest levels. I get slightly out of like position and my hand is in an odd way. And some, every now and then I'll pause it and just reset, but that's, that's very rare. Um, so yeah, I basically trust that everything works and that I can apply myself to it and understand how to get better at it. Yeah. And I th- it and as a as final thing on that like the achieving the ace thing. What I think is a also a nice touch is that you don't get to see the global leaderboards mm-hmm. until you've achieved an ace rank. Which is a minor thing, but it's like it's that that constant well, for me anyway, the constant thing of like you play a game, you think you're quite good at it. You have a look at the online leaderboards and you're like, "Oh right, okay. Hades. I remember that happened with Hades a lot for me." But, oh, okay, I'm actually nowhere near, like, the, you know, even the middling kind of times on this. But on this isn't kind of going out of its way to rub your nose in that. It's only once you've achieved that highest of the high accolades on any given level that you even get to see the global leaderboards for your, for that specific uh, environment that you've just run through. So, you know, saving my feelings, I suppose, is what I'm saying. Um, which I think is is cute. You know, it's like that's quite a nice like little thing that you don't. And and, and you know, there's obviously the the time trial uh, ghost element that you get to see. But you need to earn that as well. So it's you. Yeah, it just kind of ranks you up in stages, and you exposes stuff to you or you to stuff when you are ready to see it. Um, which again, I think just feels collaborative rather than like combative. I mean, the way I. The way I look at that bit, I suppose it depends um, what kind of personality you are, I guess, because I suppose it can be, it can be that, how did you describe it? it um, like saving saving your feelings. feelings. Yeah. yeah, saving your feelings. So, um, and that, ter- that certainly is part of it. I'd never actually considered it like that. I'd considered it more in terms of like, you know, like it's an achievement to open up the leaderboard, you know, like mm. it's some, it's mm-hmm. some extra thing to think of it's like well done you've qualified from the national championship and now you're at the olympics you know mm. and here are yeah. the olympians um how yeah. good and are you it, against these yeah. it's like that stuff is of no interest to you or of no not interest but of no use to you really until you are already performing at the at the top level there's no point you know opening yourself up to playing against roger federer if you're playing at you know club level tennis so yeah. to go to go back to the ace um the ace rank thing as well. And this kind of, it kind of actually contradicts some of what I said before in that some of the ace level, uh, some of the ace times in some of the levels, you can't actually do by just going through the motions in the same way as you have in order to get a gold um, no. or any other medal. You have to take a different path. So yeah, you have to, often you have to find a different path. And that's where it comes in when you said, you know, if I'm four seconds behind, I got a gold, I'm now four seconds behind the ace time. You know, that's crazy. How's that happened? So in that, you can't just go for motions. You do need to 
go back in and figure out a new route and sometimes in levels you can see even on the first time you're playing it it's like oh yeah i can see like i can see yeah. that i can see like two yeah. seconds save there whatever but i'm not going to do it just no, gonna i'm going to get, gonna get through, through the level see first. what yeah, yeah see what i've got yeah. in front of me and then we'll go from there it's like having um, a baseline understanding before you start tweaking it's like okay yeah i get that i could take that shortcut but i then am sort of depriving myself of information so yeah absolutely yeah so, well and what i think is really clever about that from like a level design perspective and the sensation that it thereafter causes in the player which is the important thing level design in and of itself is meaningless without a reaction um um, is that it seems like, or it can seem like, on many of those levels, that like there is only one way to do the level, mm, and you have mm. thrown through it, and you've nailed it, and you're like within, say, a tenth of whatever you think the optimum, the best possible theoretical time, time is. But then you go back in, um, and it subverts all of your understanding of that level, and then. And, you know, it triggers in a very real, um, well, not no, no more real than other games that trigger it, but in a very sort of meaningful and powerful way, it really forces you to engage really, really intimately with the level design and understand why these seemingly random platforms have been put in there or why mm. that bit of the bridge is that half a block longer mm-hmm. or there is that mm-hmm. one extra enemy the enemy there that needs that one specific shot that you've got remaining on your gun or whatever and when you go into the ace and that's you see that and you appreciate that when you play but then when you do the ace levels it's like oh wow like for so i could only barely achieve what i could achieve going through quote unquote normally and then you manage to shave off four more seconds of mm. your time and kill everything in a different way than you did before and it's like wow like whoever's designed this has done a brilliant job because they've made it like I can only just squeeze through this one way. And I thought, well, that's it. That's I've done the level now. That's the only way I can interact with it. And then they're like, oh no, yeah. but you can also squeeze through this other way as well. Yeah. And it's funny because that, yeah, absolutely. I, that's exactly the experience I've had. Um, and the game gives you little hints of that, I think, because there isn't a lot of redundancy built into it. So if you're finishing a level with maybe a couple of cards left, then there's a chance that you don't need to get all of those cards in order to finish the level. It's not, it hasn't just given you extra cards because, oh, you might mess it up. It's like, no, it trusts that you're going to do this well. So if you've got extras, it may be that you don't need to go the particular way you've gone in order to get the extra cards. You don't need to open that chest, whatever it is. Um, and in that way, I I came to kind of think of certain parts of it in the same way that I think about Portal. Because you play Portal and you think, Mm. certainly initially, you start out thinking, well, there is just one way to complete every level. And even when you've played Portal a lot and you think you're being clever, you're often doing things within the realms of the very specific way that something is designed to be solved. Mm. And it's a puzzle in a similar way to Neon White is. But then you watch other people play Portal and it's like, this is nuts. Like they're using this like a, a tool set rather than like a, you know, rather than like a puzzle to be solved. And those are where it's like you you get well, I get to feel a bit of that with neon white because it feels like I'm being clever. It feels like I'm doing things that are uh I guess outside of the test parameters you know to put it in kind of portal terms, but of course, I'm not I'm just doing things exactly as as they've been designed to be to be done, but it's yeah. it gives you that it has that built in area of exploration and 
and attainment that it kind of tricks you or it lets you trick yourself into believing that you're doing something particularly clever because yes because and that goes back all the way back to the that kind of critical path through each level is so well signposted that it can feel like there's no other way to go and and you but you don't even really you don't think oh this is a completely linear experience you just you just follow what feels like the natural feel and the the flow of the level and that's when you understand that oh actually instead of going in that door and out the other side i can probably or possibly just cut out that building entirely obviously you need to be aware of like if there's an enemy in there then you have to find a way to deal with that and and you know and still complete the the parameters of the test or satisfy mm. the parameters of the test um but yeah it has that like yeah there's like a matrix feel to it it's like you you just you know you're going about your business and then peel back the curtain and realize that there's uh there's more more to it yeah um yeah because yeah, i think because it because it does like it does feel it is linear like and and once you even though I, and i i understand and i agree with what you mean about it not feeling linear but like once you've learned the level and even once you know and well and when you know how to do the ace level like it's linear in that you're going to be doing that same thing all the time until you've mm until you've completely nailed it and oftentimes like i'm not really like a big speed running mm, mm-hmm. person really but when <clears throat> when it's done well like it is there's no denying that it is utterly compulsive and i will be obsessed with it like on the fourth survivor on resident evil 2 remake the speed run in that like i don't i've never had any desire mm. to do a speed run ever in resident evil apart from in any of the Resident Evils, apart from maybe if I'm really, if I think I can fairly comfortably get the best rank that you need and do it under a certain time um, in order to get the S rank or whatever at the end of the game. And those times are nowhere near as hardcore as they used to be on the, mm. um, on the PlayStation, on PS1. Um, but, but the Force Survivor in, <clears throat> in, excuse me, in Resident Evil 2 Remake, that it's just set up, you know, here's your, uh, here's your route. Yeah, there are a little kind of, there are some distractions on the route and stuff that you might, that you need to learn to avoid. Um, but, you know, here's, here's a stream of enemies. The stream of enemies is going to come the same way all the time. And so long as you hit your marks all the time, oh. um, then you can predict where the enemies are going to be. Like, if you, if you miss your mark a little bit, then it's like, oh, no, I'm like one second or even half a second out. Uh, the enemies are going to have already spawned or they're going to spawn a bit later. So now that grenade I normally throw is going to be messed up. I'm either going to have to wipe and start again or try to, you know, just mm. get through it. it back. Yeah. Um, and normally the answer is if you, if you're sure that you've worked out the perfect route, normally the answer is start again. Um, and, and that's the same on this as well. Like you can feel like when you're going for those, those best times, even if you've got the ACE and you want to, Mm. improve it's like okay wipe 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 like even at, even at the start it's like oh no didn't yep. press forward on analog stick yeah. <laughs> fast enough like wipe start again um yeah and i normally it's not it's not that i normally avoid them it's just normally that i don't really embrace or seek out those sorts of those sorts of games yeah. um, even though i love racing games i suppose that's that's speed running all the time just trying to do that perfect lap all the time um but yeah, I don't, um, but I think. Well, it's, it's often within, so 
Yeah, and yeah, and absolutely, yeah, you do. You play a lot of racing games, and that is an interesting comparison. But I wonder if that's because, like, as it is for me, the the speed running that I'm not really interested in personally trying. I'm I've watched a few like speed runs, glitched speed runs, where you're falling through level ge- ge- geometry, <laughs> geometry, <laughs> Jumanji, geometry, mm-hmm. and you're clipping through things, and then if you tap left twice this way and forward this way and then roll you'll fall through the level and end up in you know later in the game those are the things i'm not interested in trying or doing myself but i will i've watched like i've watched perhaps unsurprisingly last of us speed runs that are all about that they're all about like you get changing weapons in this particular time because it glitches through this and all the rest of it i'm not interested in partaking in that but i'm interested in watching it but the things i am interested in partaking in are the more i guess the more uh contained like what would that be it's almost the not not legitimate isn't the right word but the well i suppose glitchless is the right word but the the ones where you're using the tools the game gives you rather than exploiting the code is that kind of how i view it i suppose and that's what neon white's doing it's very much your these are the rules of the test you've got the same tools as everybody else so how does that play into how you can play the game and I think for me that fits other because historically I've yeah, I've never really been one for speed running outside of that. Hades is an obvious example where you are setting the, the test parameters yourself to an extent with certain packs of punishment um parameters. Uh and one of those is a time-based one. You have to complete each level within uh, five minutes or seven minutes. Mm. And so those are the ones I'm interested in, where it's like it's I'm not interested necessarily in kind of breaking the game in order to achieve a never before seen time but i am interested in like it's a i guess it's a more safe i don't know what the how to describe it really but it's a more um controlled environment well, it's deliberate like yeah there's, it's, it's active rather than just some passive some some glitched run that exists passively as it as in not actively designed by the designers it's a mistake but the active Uh part of that i would say is the is the and i think white builds up such a community is because there's an active search that goes on for the different strategies that can be used in those situations and that's why you still hear about mario galaxy or whatever like people finding mario 64 or, or ocarina of time finding these new things 10 years later 20 years later Oh, a new strat has been found for this. Yeah. And I think that's the active part of that. It's the community actively looking for ways, you know, the nooks and crannies in the game that they can get into and behind. Um, yeah, 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 kind of prize it open kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The active part of it is from, is from the audience. Whereas mm. on Neon White, like you were saying before about um, collab- collaboration, it's both active from the designer and active mm. from from the player base and i think this this interesting you brought up the the glitch stuff in the other game the glitch speed running in other games because i was thinking and i last night i was thinking while playing neon white and the fact that guns shoot obviously it's what a gun does but they also provide you with some power boost a stomp a, a mm. burst forward whatever um i was wondering has this game was inspiration for this game specifically born from glitchy speed running mm-hmm. records in which mm-hmm. in often often the a lot of the powers or a lot of the the glitches that are that um see players arrive at these incredible times 
are from weapons mm. that have some uh, unintended secondary purpose, i.e., yeah. a famous one like Halo's boost jump in using a uh, rocket launcher. Like, has has this game been born out of exactly mm. exactly that reality where people are finding secondary functions for in-game tools, normally weapons, uh, that help them zoom through levels really quickly, like Doom Eternal has some really famous sort of modern ones where you mm. can like use, I think it's an exploding barrel or something, and you can like jump up through the top, the top of the world ge- geometry and then literally just cut out, that's one level, you can cut out like a half or a third of the level or something, just mm. some crazy, some crazy thing. And you're doing that exact same thing here, like you're glitch jumping barrels in order to get to a place that would be otherwise impossible it's just that um so when because ben esposito the designer of this game did say that like after you made donut county which is way different (laughs) um which is really like mellow and calm and meditative and you know just kind of like a just an experiential thing largely um there are some puzzle elements to it but i mean they're hardly challenging um and then he said that this neon white is a game for freaks and i think that also plays into that like the people that are finding glitches in speed and in order to allow them to do speed runs really crazy like in the you know using the word as a positive they're freaks right they are Mm -hmm. like they're spending their time doing this just really niche uh thing that brings them amazing joy and there's a big community around it uh online um but it's a freakish way to play in that it's just abnormal, different, um, you know, like that. So I, mm. I, I do wonder if he's, you know, he's yeah. either a glitch-heavy kind of player or even if he's not, he's just inspired by the idea that players are finding secondary, unusual secondary functions for things that are otherwise really familiar, which is exactly what this game is, a shotgun. But it also does this other thing. There's a revolver, but it also gives you this other thing. And there's a, you know, a, a sort yeah. of a rifle kind of gun. It also does a different thing. Like, Yeah, that's a really interesting parallel and comparison because it does. Yeah, I would, I'd be interested in that. It does it because it would be, uh, I think it would be disingenuous to say that Glitch speedruns exist in and of themselves and exist with outside of the realm of video games and they don't they don't have any purpose. They don't and because that's not true. I think they have they have lots of either applications or learnings that either other players or designers or would-be designers can take from it. And it it's a bit it's a bit like we're getting a bit uh, out there now, but it feels a bit like like the unintended inventions that come from, or the like the side product inventions that come from something like, well, why would we go to the moon? That well, the the mission has its own primary focus, and there's a reason that's happening. But out out of that, we get things like you know Velcro and cycling gear and kids nappies and whatever, <laughs> because we're using cycling we're inventing gear. all of these technologies that then can be anything, but like army, uh, you know, military. Um, military tech as well it's like there's a whole load of stuff that comes out of that um well food technology is one of the biggest ones. yeah absolutely yeah and it's and so whether that's intended or not whether that's in this instance just to bring it back down to earth whether it's intended to you know that a glitch speed run will reveal certain things it nonetheless can or it does and then it can give birth to other ideas 
possibly one like Neon White. I think that's a really interesting, yeah, really interesting parallel to, to draw. Um, well, and it brings it round full circle as well. Like it's, <clears throat> you know, oh, here's an accidental glitch. So not, yeah, a, a, it hasn't been found accidentally, but it's been left in the game mm. accidentally. People are now making all these speedrunning videos, this whole community built around that. The game has basically changed into this other thing for, for those people. Uh, and even spectators mm. of it, and now here's someone bringing it back to game again, like core game. Let's you know bring it back to core game. So it's kind of, yeah, you know, if um, what society imitates art, and now, um, yeah, and now yeah. And now it's flipped flipped back in order to create in order to form the circle again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, okay, and then I think probably there's there's just a couple of extra. Um, parts of this that i'd like to explore briefly one of which is the is the narrative i mean firstly it's an incredibly stylish game aesthetically it's incredibly stylish i love how much of its own identity it has and how it mixes this kind of like slightly macabre slightly uh goofy you know there's cartoon cats in it and even the explanation for the cartoon cats that float on clouds and are called angels is that that's human beings minds inventing something or interpreting something that can't be beheld and they're just viewing it through the the only filter that they know how to and it reminds me of like um lovecraftian horror like cosmic horror is talked about like that that people just can't they don't and i think there was there's stuff in bloodborne i think that where they talk about that as well where it's people just can't either can't see something because their brain just cannot comprehend it it doesn't know how to how to frame what it's seeing so it just blanks it out and it doesn't see anything or in this case it puts a filter on it of a um a cartoon cat for for white the character white at least i think for yellow he sees john cena which i think is quite mm. amusing um so the narrative goes into some interesting places it doesn't like dwell super hard on things it's just these are just passing references in some cases um and it is by turns kind of goofy and funny and cutting and observational um, but it's also the, it uses a very tried and tested mechanic or tool, which is amnesia, which could just be tired and boring and all the rest of it. But I think it's a very simple thing that it does here because you, along with white, your character, uh, you effectively have, have amnesia. He has amnesia. He has lived through some events that he doesn't remember. You don't know what those events are. So effectively you're both starting from the same place. Unusually, everybody else seems to know stuff about you or about white that mm. they're not telling you, and that often doesn't often happen. It's usually it's not you. I think there's usually a much quicker resolution between you have amnesia as a character in a video game. You're told that X person knows who you are or knows what your purpose is or knows what you're trying what you were trying to do before you got amnesia. You track them down. You have a conversation with them. They reveal their stuff. In neon white, you're constantly talking to people on a day-by-day -day basis in game day-by-day -day basis and they know stuff and they're not telling you and that i think makes it more intriguing than it does just a usual shtick to you know not reveal everything in an expedition dump about this character so you learn alongside that character and i think that's that for me has made the narrative quite uh made you know it's a relatively slight narrative but it's made it quite compelling in a way that i think other other things aren't because it doesn't you know when you look at something like mirror's edge that had sort of a more 
grandiose story that it was trying to tell. Mm. Um, and it just felt like it got in the way. And that was told through, okay, you've got to stop doing the fun bit of the game now and just have a cutscene and then have another cutscene. And it's like, this isn't like, you know, this isn't a great way to tell a story, particularly in the context of a game that's about movement. And here it's a very like, you know, you're, you're given your hub area. You can have these optional conversations if you want to. You don't have to. You can seek out those gifts that you mentioned earlier in each level if you want to. That allows you to see that each level in a certain way, and it then allows you to learn more about the characters and their relationships. But you don't have to do that. You can just like bomb it through all of the levels and just treat it purely as a as a speed running sim. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've I've been really impressed even with that. I think it's yeah, basically everything apart from what the Switch version looks like on a big screen TV. I'm impressed with because on a big screen TV, the Switch version looks like <laughs> trash. Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, art direction is amazing yeah. but yeah the, the game just technically just doesn't look good yeah it's a shame um <clears throat> yeah i'm playing on pc with a xbox controller and it's um yeah don't have any of those no <laughs> all those big jaggy edges it's like everybody's made yeah. of like individual blocks of you know? yeah at first i thought the game was i thought it was i thought it was like a paradise killer like spin-off or something because mm-hmm. it looks so similar um to a com- completely different game but um yeah, it looks so similar. So I, I know, I've, uh, having played more of the game, I know more about mm-hmm. who Neon White is than you do, it sounds, yeah. it sounds like. So some of that stuff, some of that stuff has been, um, has been revealed. I think for me, the thing that I like about the most about the narrative um, is, I think, just the quality of the individual writing for each of the individual mm characters mm-hmm. is really good like the people who run heaven are seemingly these arrogant like stuck up like and kind of dumb like yeah. individuals um and i like the sort of the irony of oh we're going to heaven and it's going to be great and it's wonderful and you know it's peace and love and oh and the, and the person the only one of you that can get there is the person who can kill everything yeah. as much as possible just kill 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 in order yeah. to in order to get to heaven and like you know characters are killing off other characters and there's like oh well you know whatever yeah. <laughs> right whatever carry yeah, heaven, on one less to worry like about for a certain subset of people it's a bit like you know getting on a plane it's like oh could you we're getting on a plane that's gonna fly in the sky and go to another country and you have this vision of what it might be in your head and then you get on the plane and realize that the whole plane isn't first class and that's where you would need to be in order to have the experience that you think you're gonna have and that's yeah like this is it's yeah heaven is only uh there's still like a class system. It's only, there's only a, a select few. Um, and the fact that it's run by, yeah, these kind of stuck up, haughty, idiotic beings, it kind of just fits for me. It's like that. Yeah, of course that makes sense. That's who's running heaven. Yeah. If indeed it is heaven. Cause that's, that's currently oh. in question in my game at least. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I like, I like the individual character and I like how they're all so, they're all so stereotypical like they're just so they're such cliches like mm-hmm. neon white yeah he's he's the amnesia one neon yellow he's the one who's you know like the cert, like he's the sort of dude, dude bro like frat boy like teenage mutant ninja turtles yeah yeah um neon violet the best character obviously um <laughs> is she's basically harley quinn she's like a yeah, sadistic is, yeah. maniacal like yeah, sex yeah. fiend yeah um and yeah, neon reds. I won't say too much about neon red because she's she seems more normal. But there's um, mm. 
uh yeah anyway i want to don't no spoilers so I've, I've, with our previous video our elder yeah. ring video we got yeah. told off in the comments about spoilers yeah, uh so sure. fewer story spoilers if that's what you're really worried about with um neon white so i guess um we've run out of time but um good game then neon white <laughs> excellent game yeah and i love that it's hard to describe you know i love that and it made me realize how much we contextualize how much it's just a common thing and it's quite a you know it's quite a systematic of anything and the way that you describe things in relation to other things but and that's an obvious thing to do because nothing exists in a vacuum but it's very common to just say oh it's like you know this elden ring is like demon souls but in an open world or whatever and this kind of just like the form of this thing just somewhat belies the an easy explanation it's like well it's kind of like mirror's edge and doom and portal and and it's like that's i like that i like that it's not an easy thing to to describe um except to say that it is it is excellent and yeah i would wholeheartedly recommend it and yeah i mean perhaps pc is perhaps the i don't know the the nicer maybe the more comfortable way to play it but i as i say i have been impressed by the gyroscopic controls on switch and that's the first time i've ever said that so um yeah even if for no other reason it actually gives you a reason to use the the gyroscopic controls on switch it's worth checking out yeah um i've never used gyro well have i no i have i've you'd I've, have used them I've just not stopped using them yeah you'd have gone oh, oh that's minutes. how that works no thanks i'm not that that seems like far too much faff whereas here it really works really well and i think as i've said to you a couple of times i'd love to play it in vr um because it has that feel of like yeah the way that you're you're moving around the world and the way that you're moving your your hands it feels like very just a tactile environment to to be in you just need a bit of like wind in your hair you know and it will just be be like you're really in heaven yeah um, well we'll see <laughs> well maybe you can get a big fan out maybe that's what i'll do it is the weather like, like i'll um yeah, get a big fan out and then play it on a gyroscopic. Wardy, yeah. <laughs> Old friends, ex-lovers. Only one of us can stay in heaven, and I've got a score to settle. Thanks for listening. Now, please do remember to subscribe if you haven't already. We are available via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and literally anywhere else you might think to get podcasts. And if you've got time, if you could leave us a five-star review, that would be absolutely fantastic. A reminder that a video version of Gaming the Podcast is available via YouTube. Just visit the Indie by Design YouTube channel to check that out. And if you'd like to stay up to date with future podcasts, books, any special offers we're running on the books, then please do visit IndieByDesign.net and follow us on Twitter. We are at IndieByDesign. Thanks for listening and we'll see you again next time.